This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends of Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Thank you for joining me on my program called Rise. I'm Renette Myberg, and this is the program where we give you hope, wisdom, guidance, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. We discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family in truth and in love. But with God, we can rise to restoration and rise above all and together as a family. And this afternoon, I am very privileged to have uh, Pastor Eric uh, Le. Liam Kuehl. Liam Kuehl. I'm <laughs> so sorry that I'm not saying it right, but it is a synonym I've never heard before, to be honest. And then we have got Anton Stills in the studio with us as well, and he's the prayer coordinator for Uncle Angus and the Shalom Ministries, and we and a businessman. So we are just so privileged to have you in, this, in the studio with us this afternoon, and we are going to be discussing bridging the gap of the generations with a biblical moral mm. compass within the family. So thank you for joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon, Renette. It is so wonderful to be with you again on the program and also I just want to greet the listeners. It is so wonderful and a great honor and a privilege for me to be part of this wonderful program. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having me also. It's such a privilege to be with you. And also, I will enjoy this dialogue that we will be having today. Amen. Yes, because I think we're all passionate about Mm, our youth and our families. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to join you straight after this. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio K Pulpit. My program is called Rise, and we have the privilege of having uh, Anton Stolz in the studio with us, as well as Pastor Eric Limkiel. And uh, we are so privileged to have you this afternoon. And this is the month of the youth, and we really wanting to address, uh, I'm going to concentrate on the family and the youth this month. I just feel that the family unit is really in, in trouble, and we really are struggling as families in all that we've been through and all we're, we're going to schools and the youth and families are really don't know how to keep it together anymore so we are here to discuss the possibilities of how can we impact and how can we bring back the moral compass back into the family um so many uh, the youngsters are so busy with uh, the internet um drugs uh, partying uh, being out there and on their phones, um, all kinds of addictions, and nobody is actually listening and seeing how the family is falling apart. So we're going to start with a question where I felt that, uh, you know, uh, possibly, Anton, if you can just share a little bit of what your days as a youngster looked like compared to what our days, are, uh, you know, our youth is struggling with right now. Renee, thank you very much. Yes, uh, things has changed quite a bit since I was uh, young. <laughs> now, depending on who is listening, uh, 45 years can either be very old or still <laughs> yeah, on the younger side. You're still young, believe me. <laughs> but when I look in the mirror and the person looking back at me yeah he's starting to to become a little bit uh, gray in color <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah it was a really a different world back then um, and for the younger guys it might be difficult to to imagine but we had no cell phones we had no internet we had no tablets and uh, it was just 
we were playing outside. We were fortunate enough to live in Harpiespoort, uh, right close to the mountain. So for me as a child, I was all, always in the field, in the bushes. I loved it. I uh, And my friends as well. We would often just go for hikes, uh, you know, for sometimes days, you know, two, three days at a time. And that was how we kept ourselves busy. And they went... I mean, pornography was almost non-existent. You, yes. you didn't even know about that. You uh, drugs. I've never seen drugs uh, much. Just later in my teenage years, um, when I was maybe about twenty or so years, I had my first encounters with with drugs, and uh, so it was just a, a different time, almost like an innocent time. Yes. And if you look, uh, I'm, my boy is thirteen now, so I'm a little bit in touch of what's going on, the issues, the challenges that are about, and uh, my heart goes out to the youth mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to be talking about how we're going to address those issues and problems uh, but yeah it was a complete different world then as opposed to what it is today i mean the available availability of, of your cell phone you by the click of a button you can be on uh, oh, man on anything i don't even want to name it yes. uh, it's available mm -hmm. when we deal with schools i mean we family is our business we love families our hearts goes out to the families that's why we're doing these mm -hmm. mighty men's and the dads are coming the, the the granddads are coming and getting ministered to they're receiving the word of god but now for, on a practical level as how are we going to address that thank you renette Okay, Pastor Eric, and what did your days look like as well? I mean, you know, that that must have had an impact on why you're doing what you're doing right now. Yeah, for sure. I think if I listen to Anton, I'm just realizing we we didn't grow up differently. Actually, I'm a bit younger than you, yeah. but it's it's practically the same. We also just played outside, and it was all about being outside with your friends. I remember we had like tag games that we played and we we swam in a, a dam and it was it was wonderful times on the farm and everything but uh, for me it, it, we i was confronted by by things in life when i started becoming a teenager that's the first time that i've been confronted by certain things like let's say for instance with pornography or stuff like um, drinking. I was mm. so scared as one day I was joining my friends for a social gathering and just all of a the sudden there were like drinks um, at this party. And um, I grew up in a Christian home and uh, my parents taught me to look differently at stuff. And um, when that day happened, I was like so confronted and so shocked about it. Uh, but then I realized that's the season where we are in, and um, yeah, and God just God just turned my heart around um, at the age of eighteen, and I think that's the reason I'm now currently in full time ministry, and also just wanting to help the youth to understand their true identity and calling, and not struggle with these things because it's actually like, for instance, it's it's putting a veil over their faces and. This veil is, is, is telling them this is now their current truth, but it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. It's actually blinding them of what God in, actually ordained them to live by and also to be freed yeah. um, from. So, so yeah, yeah it, it looked quite different from. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously you being involved with the schools right mm -hmm. now. Um, what is it? What is the major crisis that you are that give us a few mm -hmm. 
common ones. You know, there's obviously a lot, a lot involved with with the youth, mm. and it's very uh, complex and complicated. Yes. Um, what is it? The mainstream. You know, you were mentioning about the transgender. Um, you know, these are things mm -hmm. that need to be discussed and need to be highlighted. That a lot of parents are naive. They're in de in denial. They actually don't know, or they're not in involved enough in the schools mm. to see what is actually happening. Um, and and they're not on ground level. And the schools are also navigating things in their on their terms. Mm. So just give us a, a little bit of a background of what you, as you're working with the schools, how many schools are you involved with now? You mentioned a huge amount of yes. schools. So currently, as an organization, we are across South Africa, and we have about 109 schools that we are engaging. And this is on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. Um, just as the school wants us to be involved in their program. Um, yeah, I've been part of this movement for 12 years now, and God has really used us um, by just aligning the strategy of developing young people um, to their true identity and calling. And I think, just to answer your question, it's, it's all about... Um, the youth that we, for the last 10 years, we've been talking about their identity. But I think they have stepped already into their identity. It's just, it's at the wrong place. So we actually need to speak truth over the lie. Because yes. they are currently believing the lie. Mm. And because of the lie of seeing, listen, there's instant gratification needed. That's the mm. first thing. Um, also, I need to be popular in school. That's that's one of the, the critical stuff. And then we've realized that um, their identity is based on how people make them feel. So emotionally, yeah. and that's, that's exhausting the teenagers of today because they feel they are not living up to a standard and they are not reaching this certain place of you know, acceptance, being acceptance mm -hmm. and, and popularity and, and at that stage they are doing wrong things um, yeah, you've mentioned now the trans transgender that's something that's really picking up now in this time and age um, also the, the, the one of the most problem in our um, how can I say informal settlements is the drugs and also the gangsterism yes. that's, that's also a huge part and then social media that's one of the biggest issues that we are um, actually uh, addressing. Yeah, addressing and then something that I'm picking up in my spirit and also as I'm journeying with schools is is um, children actually um, you know these days in all cultures and all um, areas there are this thing the isms at the back <laughs> so I say everything with an ism at the back is actually creating a new label and the, these labels are actually becoming the identity of the individual. So we need to start actually addressing the isms in life. Let's say, for instance, racism. Um, yeah. And then also there's a, there's a few things uh, just to mention, like, um, w yeah, you, you get like, m this is manly, this is womanly. And then... Feminism. The guy, if it, yeah. So they get confused by all the isms and then they actually um, request or demand um, something or, of, they, or they or they or delve into yeah, it yeah, yeah. and they investigate it and when they look again they write in it yeah. and and as we grew up we weren't aware of all these kinds of things taking mm. place mm. Um, because it didn't exist um, my mom always said uh, you won't have any knowledge of something until someone enlightens you or, or introduces you mm. to it 
Um, and these days, as Anton mentioned, it's the social media. They are, with a click of a button, they have everything in front at of their them. Fingertips, yeah. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, we need to address on how we use uh, social media, uh, what we engage in. Um, yeah, what are we actually associated with? Because I think that's the problem mm. is people associate to a certain um, standard which are not true to their true identity. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and you know, obviously that comes from the home as well. Mm. You know, mm. what is happening on the home front? Yeah. What are we looking at? What sure. are we reading? Mm. What are we having in our, you know, in our DVD case and mm. all that? And what is what is the conversation? You know, and and we also, as adults, you think children, okay, you do your thing, we do our thing. And, yeah, as I said, in David's time, I mean, you know, I had a, I've got a friend who's written an amazing book, and she says, what we do in moderation, our next generation will do in excess, mm -hmm. like David and Solomon mm -hmm. did. And that's what happens. Uh, we, we have to be very vigilant yeah. on the compass that we ex that we exercise within our homes. Mm. So, um, Pastor Eric, you know, uh, it is so important uh, because, and again, there's division between the school and the home. Mm -hmm. So there's no relationship there either. So is that what you navigate as well? Uh, you know, that that relationship that parents need to get involved and teachers need to get involved yes. and get to know their families. Yes, no, that's so true. Um, I think we we actually focus on four levels. The first one is to have a good relationship with the principal because we've seen over the years that the principal of a school, that set the trend mm. for yes. the school. Yeah. Um, if he's a godly man, it would be a godly school. Yeah. And we've just seen that over the years. Secondly, we are focusing on teachers by doing teacher investments with the teachers. And that's mm -hmm. currently something that really helps the schools. Also the gov governing bodies, we have personal meeting with them. And then uh, thirdly, it's the parents. Um, parents, they think normally the school has the, uh, the re how can I say, it's actually as if they give the responsibility to the school to, to teach. To do everything yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. not doing. Yeah, yeah. And in that case, we need to do parent investments. We need to take time in spending time with parents, giving them a training on how to uh, be effective parent, um, social media hazards, stuff like that. So we, we have a few programs that we also then uh, provide for the parents. And then lastly, we focus on the children. Um, not to say we are lastly focused on them in the. But it needs to be led. It needs to be led. It comes mm. from somewhere, and um, yeah. So the children with the ch children's programs, we have uh, three levels that we engage on. That's just firstly creating a healthy purpose, just looking for purpose in their life, and then secondly also to uh, be focused on the community. How can we align the purpose of the the child's identity to the community and also the geographical area. And then secondly is to find a healthy school. Uh, yeah, and just, just celebrating how we can impact children's life, the community's life, and then also the school's life. So, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. I love it. Absolutely love it. This is just exactly an answer to many prayers. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, we're needing that uh, collaboration from families, schools, and um, and facilitators. So we're going to take a break and we're going to just join you straight after this again because we have to continue with this conversation. It is absolutely powerful and purposeful. So thank you so much for joining us so far.
Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I'm Renette Marburg on 729 AM, uh, K Pulpit, and we are having such an incredible uh, topic this afternoon about the problems and the family problems that we are having within the schools and within f- just generally our youth are struggling. Uh, they've been exposed to so much and we just don't know how to navigate it and how to contain it and put the mor- the biblical moral comp- compass onto the journey mm. with our youth yes. and getting that back that structure back into the homes. And I've really got a valuable guest today here, and I'm so privileged to have you. Um, uh, Antoine, what is it that you can give us some advice? I mean, you are the prayer coordinator, and we know that the power of prayer yes. is so mm-hmm. powerful in, in, in a family. Yeah. Um, how does a parent um, uh, pray for their youth and, you know, to not be affected by everything that they're exposed to? Lynette, thank you very much. Yes, it's quite a big um, subject uh, that's got a lot of variables. But Uh let's, in order to answer that, I'm just going to make a couple of statements on what I've found. Uh, So in order to to find a solution, you really have to look at the problem. So what is the problem that we are facing? If we look at society in a whole, we can see that it's we are in a complete different course. And you were actually talking about the model compass. Now, a compass is something that gives you direction. Now, that is the word of God. We know that. But um, I'm sitting with a document in my hand. Everybody can go and Google it. It's by our Minister of Police, Becky Tsele. And uh, he this was the statistics of the 2019-2020 year. And uh, if we just look at the children, children between the ages of 10 to 17 were responsible for over 779 murders. Sure. I mean, 10 years old. My boy is 13 years old. I can't even uh, fathom that. Uh, so if we look at just, I'm just going to make a, we know we're not going to talk about much over this. For me, it's important to talk about mm. what the Word of God says. But this says. is giving mm. the idea yeah. of how serious yeah, things Just to, are. to bring a bit of context to, to the conversation. Yes, very important. Uh, sexual offenses were up 74%, 74.1%. Aggravated robbery was up 107%. That mm. means it has more than doubled to, to the previous year. Uh, uh, Contact-related crimes up 42.3%. Property-related crimes 6%. Murder 66.2%. Then it goes on. Attempted murder 47.5%. Assault to do grievously bodily harms up 70.1%. Common assault 51.6%. Common robbery 65%. And the list just goes on and on and on. Sexual offenses, rape, up 70, almost 73%. Sexual assault, 77.6%. Oh Attempted sexual assault, 89%. Um, and then it just goes on. I'm not even going to go into hijackings. Our youth is and, not okay. And, uh, you know, all the, it's just getting worse. So the, the, the point I'm trying to make is if we look at society oh. as a whole, there's a big problem. If this trend continues on the way, in the direction it's going, then we are up for serious trouble. Right. How do we address this? Yes, you have um, said, and, and James chapter 5, verse 16 is clear that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But that's going to cost the dad, the dad, the father of the house, to really step up. 
if the statistic shows that 80% of South Africans are born-again spirit-filled believers, then something is wrong if we look at this statistics. So we're sitting with, with what they call a fatherless generation. And uh, as in our discussion before this program, you know, a lot of the times the dads are there, but they're not there. Mm. They're sitting there in the same room, but uh, we have bred this culture of just giving an iPad or a phone into the child's hand. And as long as he's busy and he's not bothering me, but that's not what we are called to do. Mm. We are called to be king, priest and prophet of our homes. And, um, you know, the dad needs to set the example. You know, kids will not do what you what you tell them to do, but they will follow your example. Yes. So what does your child see? You're getting up in the morning. Do you take the word of God? Do you say, come, come, come together? All of us now, we're going to pray together. We take the word of God. We're working systematically through the word of God, the Bible. And we're teaching these, you know, uh, Proverbs, what is it, 22 verse 6. Uh, train up a mm. child in the way of the Lord. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Yeah. But we have neglected it. And as you were saying earlier, Pastor Eric, that we have placed the responsibility to the church. We have placed the responsibility to the schools. But the, our us as fathers, I'm a father, so I'm speaking <laughs> from experience. And I can see if I, if I, you know, the times that I didn't do it, uh, it's like we are slowly drifting, drifting, and we're drifting further and further away. And God says, uh, if you, you rather you be called than lukewarm, because when you lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. So my plea to the fathers is to to take up your God-given authority. Mm. And it's not that complicated. Get get into the word of God, get, in, get into prayer. But mm. that goes hand in hand with, with relationship. Yes. You need to know what your child is facing. You know, when we were talking uh, at the beginning of the program, when we were still young, we would sit around a table. Yes. And we would sometimes sit for two, three hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> putting on the kettle again. And uh, and we would so be engaging in one other's, you, you know, in our business and, and what's been happening at school, what's been happening with sport, what's, you know, the challenges. And there we can talk about things. Wisdom gets exchanged there. You know, maybe I don't have the answer. You know, let's pray about this and see what the Lord is doing. Uh, what is mm. showing so that is fathers need to step up mm. and nothing mm. is going to happen unless the fathers start mm. doing uh, you know what they're supposed to mm. yes and even fathers that are really absent mm. yeah. you know that are divorced and that they can do the same they can still navigate i mean i have a, i had know somebody he phones his son every morning every morning even though they're divorced, he phones and he and he blesses him mm. and he and he wow. and he navigates and he prays for him, and th it is doable. Wow. It is even doable on that, and that is where we can just step in, even if those things aren't exactly. And it's never too late. Mm. It's no, never too late no. to to rectify a relationship. Wow, your Anta, while you were speaking, I was just reminding on. Of my my own personal journey in life and the value of my father's opinion over my life, um, also spending time and and just being loved by him, mm. and I think that's the father's art. Yes. Actually, mm. is to let people love themselves. He he says, "Love yes. your love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your understanding." But mm. love love your God with everything. And that's just one thing that I've realized. The, the, the love that my father had for, for God mm -hmm. was so huge that we as children experienced that on a daily basis. 
And uh, what I loved about what you mentioned regarding the scripture that says, train your kids in the way of the Lord. Moses actually spoke about it. He said, um, when, when you, when you uh, stand up in the morning, when you lay your head down at night, when you go to work, whatever you do, pray. And that's the thing. Do we pray effectively for our children? Do we make time of going into the room, um, laying on our hands on our children and saying, listen, I want to pray for you. Mm. I want to pray for that exam. I want to pray for your sport. I want to pray even if you are sick uh, for healing. And, And I remember my dad spending time at night with us, me and my sister, and he was he was praying and he was speaking the word of God, reading scripture, yes. and and that was things that that really stood out in the journey of development, mm-hmm. and um that always you will always be reminded of what the word says, and and that stood out for me, and I think for me working with children, also with the youth is just by saying our parents need to realize as you've mentioned the father is the is the prophet the priest. Uh, over the household, but they need to realize that they have the power of blessing their children. Yes, yeah. Let's yeah. let's let's think Beautiful. about let's think about the story of Noah. Noah went through the whole story of the ark and the flood came and everything, and then God says, "Be fruitful, multiply." Actually, he was giving the same order to Noah as w- which he gave to Adam, <laughs> and Adam and Eve couldn't fulfill this. They've fallen short of the glory of God. But here comes Noah and his family fulfilling a purpose. And then he goes, he plants a vineyard and he gets drunk. But what does the children do? They saw the father being drunk. They took a rope or just uh, some clothing um, type of of material. They walked backwards Mm. and threw it over Noah. Why? Because there were a respect. There was something about value. There was something mm-hmm. about love, mm-hmm. honoring their father. And uh, because of that honor, they didn't even look at their dad. They just mm-hmm. clothed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the generation that we need to work with, getting them back into this place of, of recognizing their dads, uh, yes. respecting their dads. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I know there's fathers that they actually do their best and they give their all. But the children, yeah, they don't see it in that light because the parent maybe don't address their needs or what they want. Or they've also yeah. fallen maybe somewhere in their lives. Yes. Yeah. And um, so so for me, it's just, uh, we also have a program that we call Training for Reigning and Becoming a Lady. And it speaks about blessing your child yes. at a certain age. Um, we all know the Jewish culture that uh, that they do the feast of the Bar Mitzvah, yes. where the child is actually, the dad picks up the child, put it on the shoulder, walks into the city and say, this is my son. Exactly how God spoke when Jesus got baptized. Mm. Publicly acknowledging that this is my son and that I'm placing a worth on my son. Um, So we do that in a form of a program and then also a ceremony. So I would like to ask the parents, make time to bless your child. Speak value, speak truth over their lives. Don't don't wait upon um, the pastor or the educator to do that for you. Um, take up the responsibility, and and you are you are the prophet, the priest of of your household. But it's 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 necessary for you to recognize that you have the power of blessing your children with God's word every day. Yes. Amen. Amen. That is so powerful. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness! You know that is what we don't do. We're so mm. busy driving our kids into some 
different directions and everything instead of just blessing them they can find their own way because that's God's way and God's plan and purpose for them and that is where we find our children being so dissatisfied so on the brink of failure mm. feeling that they failed but when they get blessed by their parents and it that grace and mercy comes on them that they find their own way. But thank you so much for this amazing, incredible information and, and just giving us a, just a golden nuggets of what we can do. And it's so simple, as you said. Fathers, take up their role. Just takes 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, but it's the action. It's the, re, the relationship, mm -hmm. the, re, the actual taking that time. And then you with coming with the blessing and Pastor Eric, that was the most powerful message ever. <laughs> and we can really take that home and do it. Just start doing it today, yeah. this hour. Oh. So thank you so much for that. But we're going to continue straight after this uh, in our last session. I just wish I could, could. This is one of my favorite topics is the family. And all I want is for our families to be restored, healed and whole. And we will chat Amen. after this. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. It's been an incredible this last half an hour has just been so incredible. Um, we have had Pastor Eric Lim Limkul. Limkul, yes. Limkul. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, and we have Anton Stills in the studio with me. And he is the, the prayer coordinator for uh, Mighty Men and for the Shalom Ministries and Uncle Angus. And we just so privilege to have you in the studio this afternoon and you just shared with us how powerful prayer is and you know what is it that we can do on a daily basis of how do we navigate our families through this time where we get covered by prayer covered by the the presence of the holy spirit how do we navigate how do we govern our families so um if you can just give us some pointers um you gave us this beautiful idea of just take that 15 minutes and the simplicity yes. um both both gentlemen really gave us the simplicity of actually just taking something very small but it can have such a huge impact That's on it. our children's future Absolutely, Renette. Yes, uh, if I can just start by saying um, that the foundation needs to be Christ. Uh. It needs to, any other foundation will not stand. I, I'm actually into construction, so I know about foundations. Foundations, <laughs> yes. So the foundation needs to be Christ. So I would I would suggest to families who hasn't done it yet, to, to, to dads, uh, whoever, children, um, get get your families together for, let's call a family meeting mm. and, and sit everybody together and says, right, um, let's make up our minds that we're going to serve the Lord with everything that entails. Let's make a, a decision today that we're going to follow, that we're not just going to follow, we're going to become disciples of the Lord. Mm. And we all know the scripture, Joshua 24 verse 15, for me and my house will serve the Lord. And um, it, it starts small. It starts small by surrendering. Mm. And and there's some things that you can immediately address. Um, I would suggest that have have that meal maybe in yes. the evening when the family's together and get to know one another again because mm. this busyness with life this hamster wheel has caused the, that we have drifted apart from one another and how can we effectively pray for each other if we don't even know each other i mean start asking the husbands and wives you know what is your favorite color what do you like uh you know and then the, the what's your favorite dish 
And then sometimes the husband that, that doesn't even mm-hmm. know, you know, and that's supposed to be your closest companion that you are in covenant with. And then, of course, as you get to know your children and they, that relationship that you are working on, they have, they, they see it's not just judgment and condemnation and it's just hidings all the time, but there's a love relationship. Mm-hmm. They will start opening up and say, Dad, these guys in class with me, you know, they, they keep offering me cigarettes or they keep offering me drugs or they, they want me to come and drink with them. You know, they will start opening because they trust you and they value mm. uh, your, your input. They value your wisdom mm. and you, you can start addressing that and you can pray, of course, over that. Mm. And uh, with that, I want to read Psalms chapter one, which is yes. such an appropriate mm. for this conversation that we are having. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version, the righteous and the wicked contrasted. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers, ridiculers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers and comes to maturity. That is what we are trusting the Lord for. Verse 4, the wicked, those who live in disobedience to God's law, are not so, but they are like the chaff, worthless and without substance, which the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand unpunished in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows and fully approves the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Mm. You know, a lot of people that I've met that, that was caught up in criminality, that were you know caught up in these addictions and these, these patterns of destruction, mm. you know, they, they were looking for quick rewards. They were looking for quick money or a quick thing, but that cost them so much, cost them years in prison. It mm. cost them such big portions of their lives. Uh, th- that means you are being put in a cage away from society, and that is so, so sad. Mm. It's so sad, not just on that person, but on the family. Mm. And in in a way... Uh, Satan has succeeded in stealing your destiny and we have to preserve uh, us as parents who are the gatekeepers of our families. We are responsible for launching our children into maturity in Christ, into maturity, into society. But we are neglecting and we are failing miserably until we start addressing this, making cheese. uh, uh, making Jesus the chief cornerstone, the cornerstone of our families. Amen. And that is so profound because, you know, often we leave our children um, to their own resources and their own, again, youth leaders, church leaders, uh, the government and the schools. We expect them to take the replace the roles of that, what we're supposed to to stand in. And when we look at, they come to 15, 16 and 17, and then we want to know why they're off off the map. So this is so profound about that. This, it needs to become a lifestyle, a lifestyle of uh, absolutely being involved all the way through as they make their big decisions. And then often it comes out when they're 30, 40, and when they have to make life decisions, they haven't got that 
campus and they don't have the foundation. And that's where we see our world fall apart and our families fall apart. So I really am so grateful for that, uh, you know, those scriptures that is so profound on the way forward. So Pastor Eric, your, your take on the, the way forward and how, how can we govern our families mm. um, and inclusive, you know, we cannot separate, you know, we, we like to compartmentalize and say the school, the church, the job, mm. the work, you know, the family, and then hope everything, the wheel turns, and it actually doesn't. So how do we <laughs> actually navigate that? Well, I've, I've enjoyed listening to Anton because there's something about the wisdom that he shares. Yes. And also the scripture reminded me of a, a time in my life. I was about five years old. My grandfather died in, in Auburn Sprite. And we as a family gathered there. And I remember it was this plot with a huge jacaranda tree and with a swing and everything. And at that, this, that stage, my uncle, actually, it's you know, my dad's uncle, he he actually felt he needed to take up the responsibility of being the, the spiritual head of this family. And, and he actually stood in the place of my grandfather who just died. And, and he sat down, every one of us, underneath this jacaranda tree. And as he sat us down, he was just speaking life over each and every one of wow. us. And he was giving sure. us names, mm. biblical names. I remember that day. I, I'm, you know, I, can, I can feel the presence of God in, the, in that moment. And uh, I was five years old and all of us got biblical names. And he stood by my, my name and he said, listen, you will be like a Paul planting churches across the world wow. and and i was at that at that moment i was just taking that word upon my life and i and i think it's as you've mentioned we need to pray over our children's lives we need to take time to invest in their lives but not just that to speak over their lives and say listen this is the word of god this is this is how we as a family believe uh, our beliefs need to be set That's and right. we need to we need to follow Christ as you've mentioned because he's the head of the church but he's also the head of our family right. and um as as I've experienced that uh, since that day God has just I I and Paul writes it he says if someone knows their calling they will never stumble and since that sure. day I've never stumbled uh, because I've I've knew that, that and I know that that is the call of God over my life but it's because of someone taking the risk the initiative, but also the responsibility of saying, listen, we're going to speak value and truth over our children's lives. Then secondly, I was reminded of the practical things that we can use from the book of Ephesians. Now, Ephesians teaches us about three concepts. In the first one from um, chapter one to two, it speaks about the sit concept. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So it's the position from where we function that is so valuable. Uh, fathers, you need to address that to your children. You need to tell them about because of Christ's death and resurrection, they are now seated with Christ. Their identity is placed yes, within yes. The, 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 the position of Christ um, and that we function from that reality. Then also the the... The chapter three up until chapter four speaks about walking worthy in your calling, and that's one thing that the parents they are actually the they are the front runners, but they are also leading the way. But in a sense, they are the example for the children, mm. 
And if you don't walk worthy of your calling, your child is actually missing out on that oh. calling. And we as parents, we as, as educators, as teachers, as as human race, we need to focus on on walking worthy of our calling. Because Paul says that, that that brings a freedom and salvation. And I think then the last one is um, found in, in, in chapter 6 where it speaks about the armor of God. Mm. And we need to learn how to stand. So firstly... We sit, we walk, and we stand. And we do that with God. And as a parent, you need to speak that into your child's life. How they are positioned with Christ, how they walk in their daily lives with Christ, in the calling, and then also to stand against the attacks of their families, on the families, and also the attacks of life. Because how would they stand against um, yeah, their social environment where they are facing things like transgender and things like uh, gangsterism or that they, can stand yeah, firm. they need to stand firm in their faith and believe. So so we have actually this um, opportunity of addressing this through the biblical principle of Ephesians. So, so yeah. Amen. Um, Amen. yeah. And that is so powerful. That is so incredibly powerful. And you know what I love, what you're saying now is about the identity, mm. is that we need to impart that identity and it needs to come from the Father's voice. Mm. Mm. And you see, that is where the, where the power lies, is by, I believe in you, I know who you are, and you are my child. Yeah. As of, that's the way they will be able to relate to their father in heaven yeah. is by the actual earthly father. He's given the father also the that, earthly, responsibility. that responsibility. Yeah. Mm. And when it's been failed, lots of our single moms, unfortunately, come in um, uh, into that position, which doesn't mm. get heard. Mm. It doesn't land like it should. So that is why we have to keep fathers accountable, mm. bring them in and say, listen, even if you just phone, even if, they, even if the father isn't where he's supposed to be, just bring him in, get him involved, mm. and keep him accountable so that he can stay invested in the child's life. But if it's not so, we need to train our children who Abba Father is and replace him, and we stay the mothers, and they stay, and Father, Abba Father stays the father of our children. Can I quickly just say Please something? Um, what's so prominent about this this discussion actually is that um, we we need to think about investing our time better. Because let's say, for instance, you as a dad work so hard to provide for your family, but you don't have access to your children's um, realities or, or what they are going through in a sense. You are missing out regarding what's happening in their lives because you are so focused on work. And I've realized that dads are actually spending so much time on raising their businesses and raising um, their, their finances that they are actually missing out and wasting time on, on, on spending quality time with their, their children mm. for instance just I was at school um, I had friends that didn't have a dad or they were there were divorces that took place um, but many of those children that grew up with me actually came to my dad when they got married or when they got saved or yes. when when because they were related to him because he was standing in the gap, gap for and them. sometimes we That's need to amazing. stand in the gap, gap for, for other, others. other dads yeah, yes. yeah, so I had the blessing of that with my children thank wow. you Lord and you know this is where I, uh, somebody shared with us uh, a little while ago and he said yes fathers you're running and you, you're purpose driven mm. and you've got you know you need to do something but show me your family and that is where your success lies is your family and we need to really 
protect and cover and oh I tell you oh, this is a topic I'd love to just continue with and our time is unfortunately running out and I just thank you for the valuable hour it was just phenomenal thank you so much for being with us in the studio today Antonio and you always such you just bring the Holy Spirit and he just arrives and he just comes and rocks the studio so with you <laughs> thank you so much I love and appreciate uh, you so much thank you very much Renee okay, you're such a blessing to us and uh, thank you so much Pastor Eric I'm so glad I met you and we're looking forward to the program on the 30th yes we're going to have you on again and you're going to just share with us with amazing work that you do in the schools because we need that relationship also to be completed and healed and hold and know how to do what to do with that so thank you family and friends and thank you for joining us and enjoy your long weekend um, and be good and be safe and look after yourselves and stick to the rules amen and we will see you next week God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.